Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. Really fun session this week with the interns where we discuss everything from the master's in finance versus an MBA, the CFA versus financial modeling training, and everything in between. Hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to, I think it's the fourth weekly call with uh, the intern group. Uh, We will probably still have people kind of trickling in as it goes. So uh, apologies if I'm distracted. Nabil is also on vacation this week, so it's just going to be me hosting this. Um, again, I want to remind everybody that you know this is just an open call for any questions you have. It doesn't just have to be about the internship itself, although I'm very happy to answer questions about that. If, if uh, some of you are just starting or have hit roadblocks or just have questions about it, um, of course, feel free to fire away and ask questions on that. I think um, in terms of how we typically do this, I just wanted to open it up first and just see see if anybody has questions specifically about the internship or starting there. And you can either use the you know raise your hand feature or you can just go ahead and chime in. Uh, you can go ahead and chime in when you're when you're ready. Um, and if you can keep yourself on mute when you're not talking, that would be great. But yeah. welcome and any questions to start. Any anybody have questions around um, the program itself, um, specifically how to use it on a resume? I hope people in the uh, the group saw that we've we made uh, some changes to the internship guide to hopefully make the step by step process of how to get started a little bit more clear. So if you haven't seen that, um, definitely check that out. We have the uh, how to start video up there for people who are looking for kind of more of a, an example of how to to write about a specific uh, research and write about a specific article. And then, um, yeah, I think those are the major changes we've made this past week. Oh, we also have up there for people that haven't seen it, an example of how to include this internship on your resume and on your CV to make it look good so that uh, it helps you land more interviews. So with that, any questions from the group right now about the internship in general or specific? Nobody? Anybody? <laughs> okay. Well, if you do have questions, we can uh, go back. Oh, okay. Um, here we go. We have one question. And you can also write your questions in the chat if it's easier. I don't want to say your name wrong. Is it uh, Kastu? Yeah, Kastu it is. Kastu. How are you? Nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm fine. What about I'm great. So my question is like, what do you expect? Like, uh, in how much time we can compute one uh, module, one the article? 
What is your expectation? Yeah, from us? the expectations, um, you know, what Nabil would always say is the quality matters more than the quantity, especially early on. Um, what we're seeing in terms of uh, how long it takes for an article, if it's a shorter one, usually with, you know, around two ish hours. If it's a longer one, usually on the upper bounds, it's, you know, five at five hours, although we've seen seven hours, especially for the first article or two. Um, and then, so, you know, I'd say usually between two to seven hours range, although, um, you know, as long as you're, you know, being efficient and you're, you're doing the research and you're writing, um, and you're doing your best, I think that's, what's more important is that there's quality there rather than trying to rush through and get as many articles as you can out. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Hopefully that's helpful. Any other questions specific to the internship? Um, uh, CT or CT? I don't know how to say your name. Yeah, hi. Hi, how are you? Hi, uh, I'm good. And I wonder, uh, just could you send the pro process of the internship to us, or maybe we can have some written document of the um, how to pr process yep. the internship. Yep. So it's all in the top of the Slack group. I put it in the chat right now. That's the main internship guide. And I'm going to link um, you. Okay. Also, thank you. Also to a video to watch, which shows kind of how to start. Um, that's also in the chat. So feel The start day is, uh, is from when just. The start date is from whatever date you put in the, in the uh, form when you initially applied. Okay, and will we be reminded uh, yes. from your email? Yeah, you will be reminded. I think two days prior, you'll be reminded to make sure you're signed up through uh, through Hubstaff. Um, okay. And so that you can track your time and get credit for all the hours you're putting in. And we're still having people trickle in. It's getting big, the group's getting big, which is great to see. <laughs> um, yeah, so if there's any other questions, so um, I put in the chat the link to the, the general internship guide and the how to start video. Um, that'll really give you a much better feel of like where you even begin. Cause I know early on, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, we even modified the internship guide to have, there's a page like three or four pages and it's like step one, step two, step three. You can just follow step-by-step step, um, what you need to do in order to, in order to get started on your first article. Welcome, uh, Juved Ronak, Ronak, Shivam, Ahmed. You guys have any questions specifically about the internship? Christian, welcome. Dennis, Arvin. Hey, Jacob, good to see you. Uh, Joju. Hey, everybody. Hi, go ahead, Alma. Yeah, I just have some career related questions. Yeah, shoot, go for it. Uh, I thought about the investment banking division, specifically the industry group. Um, are there any industry specific, uh, I mean, specialized groups like biotech uh, in the healthcare industry group or the analysts uh, work on different healthcare companies? Uh, that's a good question. You mean within specific firms? Are there? Yeah, uh, can I like specialize in the specific uh, sub industry like biotech or pharmaceutical? You can, although I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, advise, are you in university right now? Uh, I've just uh, graduated recently. Can you tell me where you are and like your situation a little bit more? I'm from, I'm from Almaty, from Kazakhstan. Uh-huh. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, I've recently graduated in three years and I participated in different internships. 
specifically like uh, CFA Research Challenge and other related programs. Yeah. Uh, like equity research related internships. So your question, yeah, your question is, can you be specific, uh, specifically uh, specialized in biotech underneath healthcare? And I, yeah, just like in biotech or in any other industry, like specific sub-industry. You can, you, you, you absolutely can. I wouldn't recommend that for your first job, um, only because it's limiting the number of places you maybe apply to and the people you talk to. Um, and I think a lot of the, a lot of the concepts you learn um, early on can be applicable to, to all different divisions. And I think that would happen usually in your, like in your group placement, but you don't want to necessarily in a, in a, in a job market or in, in a, you know, a place where it's really hard to even get the entry level role. You don't want to necessarily limit yourself to only looking at like biotech. I mean, it's one thing to say healthcare, but it's another thing to say biotech under healthcare. That's very narrow. And there's probably not that many, there's not as many opportunities. And so I, I wouldn't want to limit yourself, even if that's like your true passion and what you want to do long-term, I would say first get in to work at an investment bank, get your analyst years under you, then you become much more marketable. And you can say, you know, really I'm passionate about it. Like I want to lateral, I want to transition to a healthcare group. Um, and that's infinitely easier than breaking in initially. So initially, if you're trying to break in and get that first job out of, out of school, you should be casting a very wide net. And not even outside of investment banking, because if you're not getting a job, if you're graduating, you don't have a job, like that's already a very, uh, that's already a very uphill battle that you're, that you're um, facing. So I wouldn't limit yourself at all. I would be looking at outside of investment banking. I'd be looking at corporate finance positions. I'd be looking at big four transaction advisory services, which are yeah, very well. Related to big four also. One more question. Uh, would you suggest the evaluation and so transaction advisory department, for example, Absolutely. if I work here in Almaty and transfer to the U.S.? Yeah, U.S. or U.K. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's, it's a very well-known path to banking, especially recently uh, with all the attrition problems. They're losing a lot of bankers. Uh, and Second-year analysts are leaving for private equity or just leaving the industry altogether. So there's a huge demand to fill those seats and usually they look to the big four transaction advisory services as one of the places that banks pull from. It's no longer a secret. It used to be a secret for lots of banks, but everyone's pulling from there now. So it's a great place to be if you can, um, if you don't get into banking right at a school, um, it's, a, it's an awesome place to be because it's basically like, the, it's like a half step toward banking. Um, if that makes sense. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. You should definitely apply to those, especially if you're, you know, you've already graduated. It's it's a no-brainer if you can get that job. It's a great job. Um, here we go. Harveen says, "Can you please tell me which topics I should research on from the sheet if I want to become an investment banker?" Good question, Harveen. So, um, you know, there's a lot of topics obviously in the sheet, so it can be a little overwhelming. But I would do topics that are. Um, going to give you like the buzzwords on your resume that you want to be an investment banker. So probably things around like valuation, you know, discounted cash flow, precedent transactions, comps, financial modeling type keywords, um, maybe keywords that have investment banking in them. Um, you know, anything, I mean, investment banking is a very broad topic. So there's like probably 500 plus <laughs> articles in there just around related terms to investment banking. I mean, you could do much more kind of, economic based ones like uh you know gdp and uh 
you know, marginal cost, all these things related to financial statements, related to uh, depreciation, working capital, all these things matter because they're all integrated into finance. So accounting even um, to show that you have that kind of uh, framework. Now, if you were an accounting major, maybe you want to supplement with a little more like corporate finance type uh, terms to make your, to round yourself out. So if like you were an accounting major, I would tell you like, don't just do accounting terms, even though you're probably going to write, those are going to be easier for you. Also try to sprinkle in some of the stuff that's going to be um, seen as kind of more rounding out your, your um, CV. So I'm not sure if that answers your question. So I would say valuation type topics, um, the finance topics like skills, definitional stuff, maybe around some of like the, um, the uh, filings like 10K, 10Q, 14F, uh, 583, you know, knowing all these like M&A type term, mergers and acquisitions, if you're interested in that, there's a bunch of uh, terms around that and like deal making and stuff like that. So those would be good too. Um, here we go. Ritik says, hello, sir. I'm starting my internship from the 1st of May. So when will I get the further information of the process starting? Uh, the 1st of May, you'll probably get uh, an email two days prior. So near the end, probably in about a week, Ritik, right before your start date, about two, three days. If your start date hits, you haven't heard from us, you can always reach out to Nabil in the Slack group. Um, he's on vacation this week, but he'll definitely be back by the time you start. Um, so yeah, you'll be getting emails um, kind of a couple of days prior and then once the day you start and then uh, emails as well, kind of in, especially that first uh, few weeks to help kind of make sure you're, you're off to a good start and understand the, understand the process. But I encourage you to look, if you're in the Slack group already, I encourage you to look through the internship guide prior to your start date and the uh, how to start video so you feel a little bit more um, ready to go. Let's see, some more messages here. Uh, Jubed says, hi, Patrick. Hi, Jubed. Uh, Patrick, can you hear me by any chance? I can hear you great. Oh, that's perfectly fine. Um, I've just got a question. Um, I applied so that I could pretty much work in the summer because currently I'm on an internship as a financial audit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've always had this mental career ladder in my head for the past few, let's say six months of where I want to get into. And obviously I don't have huge dreams such as getting into investment banking because I don't want to pretty much sell my soul for a job. <laughs> so okay. yeah, um, I want to get into corporate finance though, more specifically mergers and acquisitions. And of course, I've been looking at LinkedIn and how individuals go into mergers and acquisitions and audits always been a core foundation of where they've pretty much worked as an audit to gain their qualification and then pretty much transfer themselves to corporate finance. But I'm looking in the sense that I've, I'm working as an audit as my placement year, as my internship. So rather than, you know, dedicating three years of my life towards audit just to gain a qualification i can pretty much use this internship as a stepping stone towards corporate finance yeah when you say corporate finance you got to be a little bit careful i think you mean like you know terms are somewhat interchangeable but do you mean like corporate development like actually doing internal m a for a company or do you mean like corporate finance like uh working um like with the cfo to help with like strategy and like fp a internally um as in just pretty much working in the corporate finance department for the top four, if you know what I'm trying to say. So how EY have the division called strategy and transactions or transaction services. Yeah. Okay. So, absolutely. A transaction advisory services. So usually people are going to those groups because they want to get to investment banking because the pay is much better, even though, <laughs> even though the yeah. work, even though the, and, and I'll tell you why um, people want to make that jump. 
because the work is very similar. The hours at the big four is, are actually not that much better. It's still pretty rough in transaction advisory services. And the pay is almost double in banking. Yeah. So uh, I get the idea of not wanting to like sell your soul and work 100 hour weeks, but there are investment banks that aren't as rigorous. Um, they are, they have, you know, a larger junior staff or they respect, um, respect your time more. So I'd be careful to think that corporate finance is an easier path um, or more interesting path, because I think what investment banking does is it, it actually sets you up really nicely for a whole variety of uh, exit opportunities. So not just corporate finance, but corporate development, like in-house M&A um, yeah. for firms, for large firms, um, you could do buy side private equity work. You could just go work for a CFO. You could be a chief of staff for a smaller startup, help with that type of stuff. So it just leaves you a lot, a lot of options. Um, but at the same time, transaction advisory services are giving you a lot of those same skills. So like valuation, um, doing all this stuff. So it's not, it's, it's a great place to be. I'll just say um, it's, it's still a lot of work. Like they work, they still work you pretty hard there. Uh, yeah, I understand. But the, one of the main reasons why I want to get into the top four is because I don't necessarily need to move into London to work for investment banks. And of course, a lot of investment banks are pretty much situated inside London. So I don't want to, you know, struggle to live while at the same time, you know, working hours upon hours. So right now I'm based in Birmingham and literally there's about six to seven major accountancy firms uh, or financial service firms in Birmingham. So it's much more easier for me to commute and also live. Um, you want to stay close to home is what I'm hearing. Pretty much. And also not struggle to, you know, <laughs> pay for my expenses or because of course the rent prices in London is just absolutely They're crazy. insane. But yeah, I'd be so you're very young. I wouldn't, what I would say to you is what you're making early in your career is much less important to the experience you're building on your resume. So don't make the short sighted thing of like, oh my gosh, the rent's so crazy, so I shouldn't go to London. If they're paying you really well, um, you know, and London doesn't pay as well as New York, but if they're paying you well, so to be able to cover your rent and you're getting that experience, think of your career as like a long, as the long term, right? So you talked about mapping your career. Think about like the best, you're gonna have the most energy ever when you graduate, when you're young. <laughs> Think about the, you know, the sacrifices you can make early um, to eventually have a lot more freedom. And I'm not talking about like you're going to make so much money in a year or two because you're not going to be able to save it that much like you met, like you implied, but just the option value of and the signal you're going to be getting from putting that on your CV of like, I worked in London at a, at a bank, even if it's not a top bank. Um, I worked at London at an investment bank. Blah, blah, I, it's going to open up a lot more doors for you, I'd suspect. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to do that. If, you, if there's reasons you need to be home, uh, close to home for family, for there's, like you said, in Birmingham, there's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of good jobs as well. It's, it's not for everybody. So I'm just saying that to just think about it because sometimes people look at investment banking and they say, it's so horrible because it's this crazy thing, but you're, yes, you are suffering. Uh, and it is long hours and it's brutal, but at the same time, it's giving you, it's also giving you a lot on the back end. And I'd say the pendulum has swung so far that now they're paying, uh, analysts an incredible amount um, to try and retain them because they are so short staffed. That's why it's opened up so much opportunity for people like yourself or anybody who's in transaction advisory services to kind of make that lateral move, work an incremental five hours a week and get paid almost double. I mean, <laughs> I've just, just got another question also. Um, how, yeah, how, go how common is it for an individual who's been working in transaction advisory? 
before the top four um, to pretty much move to investment banking? Is there a common route that individuals take? Is it yeah. competitive also? It's competitive, yeah, but it's, it is very common. Um, and it becoming more common, more commonplace because the banks need the talent and they know that transaction advisory services is probably the closest they can get to somebody who's going to be able to come in and immediately do the valuation work and not be lost and do the modeling. Yeah. So, I feel like that, yeah, I feel like that transition is much more or less competitive um, than a graduate is pretty much applying for an investment bank. I don't mind taking the long route. It is. The yeah, it is more competitive. It is less competitive to get, but it's still not easy to get to, into those groups because people know that that's the path. So yeah. everybody that got rejected from investment banking, they're gunning for those for that group, specifically in big four. Okay. So it's not, and there's a lot of really talented people there too from top schools. Yeah. So like you may go to a big four and they're going to be like, no, you can't get into TAS or like you didn't place. Um, and so I think you'd be surprised, like it's not that easy um, to get into those because of exactly because of that reason, it's seen as like a, a kind of a stepping stone to banking. Okay. And you still have to perform. You still have to perform while you're there, right? This is not a, hey, I got into TAS and banking's. I'm gonna get a banking offer next year, or year or two. You know, more like, hey, I got into TAS, or wow, I didn't get into TAS. I had to go work an audit for a year. I had to internally network like a genius. <laughs> Finally, got was managed to do that internal conversation carefully enough not to get fired, not to piss off my audit partner and get transferred over to TAS after a year of busting my ass with audit and showing that I'm a hard worker, right? So that yeah. internal transition, you should listen to some of the um, podcasts I've done with people who've done this before. If that's not easy to, to, to play that game and to get, um, get if you get, don't get placed immediately in TAS, audit is much less competitive, right? And so you can get into audit. You still have to, now you have to make two jumps. You have to make the internal jump to TAS and then you got to make the TAS jump to the bank. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers That's questions. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, it's pretty well known, um, pretty well known path. By the um, way, one more. Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Alma. I'm sorry, just one last question. What do you think about the credit rating and the corporate development as an alternative to Big Four? How attractive would be to transfer to IB from there? Credit rating agencies. Yeah, credit rating agencies and corporate development. Corporate development, maybe more if you're if you're going to a firm that has is pretty active with M and A, and you're actually going to get deal reps. But you have to be careful because if you go to a corp, corporate development group that's like doing one deal a year or one deal every few years, you're not going to get the the transaction reps to to kind of build those skills. Um, credit risk and risk advisory shops, I'd say probably. Uh, I don't know as much. I don't want to say stay away from it, but it's a little bit less well-known. I'm not exactly sure. Like you're getting some of the, some of the skills there, but it's a little bit less. Um, I think it's a little bit more like siloed in terms of what you're doing there. Um, so I'd probably lean more to the corporate development if you can get, if you can get deal reps. Basically you want to be able to go to anywhere where you can put actually like deals or engagements on your resume so that it looks like an investment banking resume. So even in like, even consultants trying to transition to banking, you always like, instead of putting like engagements or consulting arrangements, they put like transactions or deals. So it looks like a deal, even though, even if they, and then they downplay the integration work they did and they, and they bring up, they kind of emphasize the valuation work they did to try to make it look more in line with um, the job they're trying to, trying to land. That makes sense. So uh, I think Jacob, you had a question. 
Patrick, how are you doing? Hey, man, how you been? Good. I think my question was, um, I'm curious what your personal opinion is on what separates a great article from something that's kind of okay or satisfactory. Yeah, I think there's several kind of steps to um, a great article. Number one is just having like a really good framework and outline up front. So like the research you're doing in terms of like the header tags and the outline of it, I think is super important because if you just start writing, it's going to be usually a winding disorganized road. Uh, whereas if you do the research and see kind of who's ranking well um, and why, and you kind of really look into what uh, what they're writing about, the examples they use, um, you know, the visuals that they're they're using to help the reader kind of understand the concept, I think that's usually what makes it stand out. Now, some of it's just like writing quality as well. And, you know, is the person a good writer? Are they engaging um, or are they overly formal? Um, I think that are usually just aim for engagement and keep the reader moving down the page, make sure the formatting is good, make sure the headers make sense logically. And I think that's usually what separates like an average article versus a great article. It's just organization, clarity, examples, and, uh, and even formatting just like visual um, to help the reader. And that means like doing bullets, numbered lists, like don't give me these large chunks of text. Cause I don't know about you guys, but if I go to a page and there's like a whole wall of text on the screen, I'm going to bounce. I'm going to leave the page. Cause it's just, too hard in my eyes to be staring at this bright screen all day and read that. So <laughs> I don't know if that's helpful, Jacob. No, that's great. And that's been my experience too, is it can be kind of difficult to write. Um, you get caught up in doing large paragraphs and then thinking about how can I reorganize this into bullet points so that it's easy on the reader. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you'll notice like in paragraphs aren't bad, like you can get a lot of great communication, you can be a great writer and write beautifully, but this is not academic writing. This is writing for people trying to find most of these terms when they're searching, they're looking for an answer. They're looking to understand a concept. So it's really important that like you're breaking it down into pieces and you, you bring them down the page visually and in such a way that it's not overwhelming. Um, and so I think, you know, learning that's actually important in everything in sales and marketing copy and everything <laughs> and training and managing. And we've, when we started this internship, I mean, you just look at our, training doc we just revamped it last week because i was like to the video i said this is just too complicated too confusing i'm like let's just break it step 10 steps to start to help everybody kind of get going so um hopefully that'll be helpful for everybody uh still letting some people in here we've got some late stragglers but uh we'll keep going for a little while um uh mirwas you have a question oh i think you muted yourself yes i have a question mr Patrick. As uh, so what is the one big thing that uh, lures you for investment? You are an investment banker, and there are many opportunities in here in Afghanistan. There are many uh, in opportunities for foreign investments. I, I mean, how can I lure, uh, lure uh, foreign investors to invest in Afghanistan? How can you lure investors to yes to invest? Um, relationships just building people showing them real real deals and so like you're talking about like sourcing capital for bringing it in into your country and for specific yes. deals yeah so i think that comes with time like it's going to be really hard for you to do that do you have a track record of doing of investing in deals locally yes i have uh, that experience but uh, the local investments are not enough you know and they're not just enough but have you invested locally in businesses that have done well? 
yes uh, but the bigger uh, i need biggest uh, bigger investments uh, for example like uh, mining there are gold mines silver mines and other mines but so are are these companies so i think for you to attract international capital you have to have like credibility you have to be able to build relationships and build trust so that comes with getting on phone calls with people that comes with presenting something very professionally and showing returns of, of stuff you've done and showing opportunities in a way that's super conv convincing and compelling. So I'd encourage you to do like learn how to build a pitch deck really well um, and to explain the opportunities in such a way that's really compelling. Because if you, you know, project, you know, you show them projections, you show them uh, track record of other, other similar companies that have done well, um, you know, you show valuation type work and um if you if you learn all of that stuff that's kind of what you need to be able to convince people from let's say other countries to to invest because most people are going to be very nervous from like a, a us to like put their put their money somewhere where they just don't they're not they're not as knowledgeable so you need to find investors that are a little bit more um they have the risk tolerance for that so um, oh, okay. it's kind of two it's it's two sides. It's not an easy thing to do, right? So you have to number one, present the opportunities super in a super compelling way, meaning like you need to get really good at PowerPoint and really good at presenting over the phone. You need to be willing to share your face, build trust, right? Um, with people, like when you're on calls like this. Um, not me in particular, I'm just saying in general, like when you get calls with people to to discuss opportunities, you need to build that relationship. And then number two, you need to actually um have a compelling enough deal lined up where people are going to feel like the risk reward makes sense. Okay. Uh, and what about uh, the business plans? Uh, do they uh, lure foreign invest investors? Do I have to create an, uh, a business plan for the uh, projects in here? I would, yeah. I'd create a business plan and a, and a model and all that stuff. Either way, that's going to help you get better. I can even, Just having that, even if you don't show all of it, having that in your back pocket is going to help you be more convincing. Like when a bank, when a bank goes to pitch, um, you know, a specific deal or whatnot, they don't, or, or per a private equity fund or whatever, they're going to sell a company or try to get an investor. They don't go in with just like, oh, you should do this company. They have a model behind it. They have a beautiful PowerPoint deck. They go in with their suits and their, why? Why are they putting on such a show? Why do you think they're putting on the show? Do you know? I think to make uh, them look smart. Look smart. And, uh, I'm the, we're the right place to go with. You have to become yes. the expert of a specific niche within your country. You need to know all the right relationships. You need to have all the right relationships within whatever niche, whether it's mining, whether it's maybe it's gold mines, maybe it's something else. Develop those relationships such that you're the connector, right? Yes. So that's it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy to do. But that's what that's that's realistically what it what it takes. Uh, Abel, uh, question for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, hello, hello. Am I audible? You are. Yeah, I can hear you. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely great. I just uh, came back home. Sorry, I'm not uh, turning on my video because I'm not in the proper form, and it's like around twelve thirty. That's fine. Usually, I'm in sweatpants. I'm the only reason I have this uh, on a sales call earlier. So it's the only reason I'm in a jacket. Someone who's relatable, okay. <laughs> okay, so um, I have a very um, ambiguous question. This is my first week in the internship. So um, it's going great. Um, so I have a, like, my question is, 
I am 24 years old now and I want to break into banking. So I, I went to a top university in my country. So it's called Christ University. It's in India. But uh, I was not very focused towards investment banking or like, I just enjoyed college, to be honest. I'm being going to, I'm going to be very- <laughs> You had too much fun. At least you're being honest. Yeah, I, but uh, I wouldn't say that I didn't do stuff. Like, you know, I did some research. I, I published some research and, uh, you know, I cleared a professional degree as well. But uh, right now, uh, when I talk to some people who are already in the field and, you know, who are first year analysts and all, they told me that, you know, you have to get to your target uni to break into the banking, especially in whatever country it is. So if it's in, if it's in Europe and you have to go to like LBS or LSE or Oxford, Cambridge. And uh, so I have my question is like, do you think uh, like pursuing a CFA is better than doing a master's in finance or uh do you think doing the master's in finance is better? Which one is more masters aligned? In finance, for banking master's in finance, it's easy. Um, uh, would yeah, you say that? CFA is more like CFA you'd want to do if you're really interested in like staying in like equity research, hedge fund, uh, asset management type roles. So like more market oriented roles. So would you, would you say that's for the front office roles more specifically? Uh, masters in finance, I think would be more for banking front office roles. Like, so it depends how you define front office, but like revenue generating roles, like M&A and uh, okay. that type right. of stuff, I'd say masters in finance is probably going to, um, probably going to stand out, right? Probably going to be better. Yeah. For you, um, in terms of landing banking, especially if you can do it in London and like an LSE. Okay, I'm, I'm actually it. having this exact same conversation with Nabil, okay. um, about, you know, what's the, what's the right strategy for him in terms of like where to apply? Cause it's very expensive, right? Um, where to apply and what the, I would look at really the placement stats for people who, who aren't citizens. Um, oh, to make, okay, yes. Not, not the overall placement stats. No, the placement stats of people oh, who are not citizens. Okay. Cause you know, there are some visa issues and considerations you want to consider and you want to make sure like you're getting a full understanding of what the odds are for you uh, before, okay, sure. before spending 50,000 pounds. <laughs> oh my god yeah but then um you see what you said i agree with you because uh, when i was talking to them they told me that you know if you don't have a non-european passport and it'll be a really big challenge to break into especially in that country even if you go to top tier uni um another question i have is what is the um so if you're 24 is it better to get some work experience not in investment banking obviously it will be hard but would you advise I get some work experience in finance and then do an MBA to break into the associate role? Or should I do a master's in finance now to break into the analyst role? Do you get my question? Yes, I get your question. Um, you're 24. So what have you been doing since you graduated? When did you graduate? I graduated in 2019. After that, I was pursuing CA. So it's called Chartered Accountancy. I cleared the level two of the exam. There's one more level left. Okay. And I got a 720 on the GMAT. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, so, that's my goal. Um, yeah. I also have like uh, two six months internships as well in Qatar. Okay, so it's not an easy question. It's not an easy question because it's kind of like timing, right? And it depends. It depends what you can actually get in these next few years. So if you can get a job at like a big four and transaction advisory services, like we just talked about, I don't know if you were on then. Okay, um, that's a pretty nice path, and then you don't need. You don't even need the MBA or the master's finance. Okay. And you save yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> or, or whatever. Yeah. You save yourself a lot of money, you know, but what I would say is if you're, if you're hitting a wall, you're not, net, you're not, the networking is not working. You're not getting interviews. 
for whatever reason, that's when the MBA and the master's in finance, it's like a reset for you, a brand, a really nice brand on your CV. And it's going to get you into a lot of recruiting cycles for on campus. Um, okay. But I wouldn't go to an MBA that's like a ranked 30th ranked MBA or 50th. Don't do it. I'm talking like you need to get into like a top 10 global MBA program. Then for that, you have to work for a couple of years, right? Usually you have to work for a few years. So like either way, you're probably going to need a job for the MBA. The master's in finance could work because you've kind of, it sounds like you have some work experience and you'd just be going into the analyst level. But I'd really want to know more details around the specific placement of international people coming into the UK. Because like if it's 5%, 10%, it's not worth it. If it's 40, 50%, it might be worth the risk. Okay, got it. That makes a lot of sense. So try to try to push them to give you those stats. Uh, for the universities. Yeah, yeah. I had a talk with. Do you know IE Business School? Because I got admission in IE Business School, and I don't know if it's a target uni. Because I when I talked to the people, I've heard of IE. The, yeah, I've heard of IE. Yeah, they're, it's, they're pretty good. It's a target uni. Yeah, it's borderline. Right. It's borderline. It's borderline. Yeah, I know fifty percent say they don't uh, get in, and fifty percent say they might they have got the call. So yeah. Anyways, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. We can talk more about it too next next week too, if, we, if you come on the call. Um, thanks. Thanks for the questions. Okay, who has been no worries? Um, uh, Christian, let's let's uh, answer your question. I think you've been waiting with your hand up for a while. Hello, Patrick. How's it going? Hey, how are you? Where are you in the world? Uh, well, in Vancouver, in British hey, Columbia. In oh, beautiful! I love Vancouver. Yeah, it's getting summer, so. Good climate, definitely. So, uh, Patrick, I have two questions. Mm-hmm. The first one is related to the internship. So I was wondering if, are we able to add new concepts to the spreadsheet rather than picking a topic that's already pre-selected? We can, we have allowed that in the past. I, I'd want it to clear it with Nabil first though, um, before you start right, doing that. Like, uh-huh. What we don't I want is there to be conflicting, um, conflicting articles, meaning, there's like an article on XYZ and then you have like an article on like YZA or something like that. Um, Cause then you, you end up hurting, um, hurting the site in terms of like right. actually competitive. Keyword. So I, I, I believe I'm starting, I, I put in the survey, my start date would be like May 15. So if I come up with some ideas, is it okay if I run them with you uh, to see if I get approval? Perfect. So, and also a similar question would be, let's say I want to do some articles on, financial modeling and somebody has already done something on DCF or trading comps uh, and I want to do something similar or at least an article that may enrich another one, should I also uh, run it by you? Uh, yeah, by Nabil. Nabil will tell you when he's back. I mean, he's, he's on vacation. Oh, okay. But yeah, by the time you start, it will be, uh, we'll be ramping. We're going to have probably a lot of people starting around then because of the summer, people getting out of school. So right, just right. try to be patient with him if he's not getting back to you right away. Because it's a pretty big group now. Um, sure, no worries, no worries. And one very last question. Uh, uh, is there any advice you would give to, well, in my case, fourth-year econ student who wants to get into uh, asset management, more specifically invest uh, roles as an investment analyst position in a buy-side tra- traditional firm? Like a Fidelity type role? Yeah, Fidelity, Vanguard, or like BlackRock. I think CF- have you started the CFA? Uh, I'm actually, I actually uh, signed up to it a few hours ago. So I'm planning yeah. to do it this summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a good way, step. So. That's a good step. Um, if you're looking, if you're really interested in the markets and asset management and long, you know, 
it, it does help kind of set you apart a little bit. Um, but unfortunately it's not, it's not enough, right? Um, you have to still do the networking, put in the groundwork. So, um, yeah, I would say CFA is a good place to start. This internship is a good place because it just shows initiative. Um, you can, and you can get those, you know, if you're looking, um, if you're looking for those types of roles, I would almost focus more on like a little bit more on the economics and the trading side as well, like options and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in terms of keyword, like if you're looking for those types of roles, I would, I would focus is on Is there a specific more. section in the articles, uh, in the spreadsheet? Where yeah, you'll, those, those yeah. Um, I got to look through it. I don't know how we, we, we hid some columns cause it was confusing for people. Maybe I'll, I'll unhide a column that shows kind of like, um, where the URLs are nested, but there's like sections that are like just trading, like trading terms. And there's other that are more like just economic terms. Then there's some that are okay. like, or just finance generic terms. So like you can look through there. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't just do DCF and stuff like that. I would look at like options and, um, anything around like asset management. So is there a balance you would say like, uh, for, I know, of course, modeling is a great deal for an uh, investment analyst. So what weight would you put on well concepts and modeling? Um, I mean, I think the free courses you're getting with the internship um, is probably enough on the modeling if you list them out properly. Um, and so we have a, an example of how to do that on the CV. If you look at the top of the Slack group, are you part of the Slack group yet? Uh, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, so if you look at the top there, there's a sample of like how to include it on your resume, this experience. And that has like a lot of the financial modeling stuff there. On a bullet. Right. And so I would, I would for the courses, I was wondering. Uh, I know that one of the perks is that you are able to uh, get off some some free courses every once and then. Do you mind explaining how that works specifically? Yeah. So if you, uh, as you're kind of progressing and you're tracking your hours, every 25 hours, you can just send an email to Ivy at WallStreetOasis.com and say which course you want access to, and she'll just grant you access automatically. Okay. So you go, if you, if you're curious, what, what courses you can ask for, you just go to the site, wallstreetoasis.com. And at the top, there's a link at the top main menu called courses. You can just click there and it'll show you all the courses that are available to you guys. Okay, great. Thank you. And my very, very last question would be, uh, well, as you know, I'm doing this, the CFA and this internship, is there something you would advise to do something else in the summer as to assure or like, land something in uh early 2023 like internship your what year i'm fourth year but i'm gonna i'm actually graduating from my like with my degrees on december 2023 with a master's in management so i still have a whole year of academics however i do have a big summer gap there in the beginning yeah. of the year and I want CFA to is good. This internship, this internship CFA is really good. Um, when can you sit for the level one? Sorry? When can you sit for level one? Uh, I've scheduled my exam for August 2022. Okay, perfect. So yeah, that'll be good. Um, and then, then you'll finish school, right? Um, and then from there, I think, you know, you should be networking like a maniac kind of through that and send me an email separately saying asset management, just in the subject. I'm going to put you in touch with uh, one of my mentees who just recently started at Fidelity. Um, oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. He, he maybe can um, talk to you about how he did it, how he did it. Okay. We'll do. And they have a really good we'll training program you. and all that stuff. So. Great. Well, thank you very much. Of course. Appreciate it. Um, all right.
Uh, how about uh, who's been waiting? Sorry, Geary? Uh, yeah. Hi, hey. Patrick. How are you? Good. How are you? Where are you located today? I'm in Leicester, UK. Awesome. Cool. Uh, I'm currently pursuing my master's in business analysis and finance, and I'm 20. So I completed my bachelor's last year, and I immediately joined my master's. And I'll be completing my master's when in June, the courses will be completing in three months of dissertation. Mm -hmm. So I want to become a business analyst. And uh, I really don't know what should the next step should be. Because while I was in India, everything was different, my whole thinking. And currently, it's it's very different. And I've been applying to a lot of internships as well as the companies. But since I have no experience, and <laughs> they would don't want me first. So this is and, why I always say go get experience after uni instead of going straight to masters. I, it's more actually, it's not fair because in in Europe it's much more common to do that. People yeah. go straight through the masters. I see the masters yeah. as a huge ability to reset and have a chance to like change gears and pivot. But you're here, right? This is yeah. this is the situation you're in. So I think at this point, um, so you said business analyst. Yeah, explain, explain that more specifically. What do you and, and explain your degree? You said your, your dissertation. So is it a PA? Is, called as the business analyst in finance, but the modules and the concepts we have totally on financial modeling, risk management, corporate finance, economics of organization. It's totally about economics and finance. Got it. Okay. So what type of roles are you applying to? Uh, I'm I, interested in of being a business analyst and a financial analyst. So like FP&A specific roles in the, in the, in the firms? Um, are you looking at like... What are you doing day to day in the business? Because business analyst, it's a pretty vague term. It can mean different things in different companies. So, like day to day, what would you be doing? Like, uh, like you're helping a business, like, uh, which is uh, to cover to be in my field. To be in your field, to be in your field. Maybe it may be in financial analyst or in auditing. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. So I would say that's pretty. Those are all pretty different. So, like, just I think where you might get more like if you're doing fpna or you're doing like risk like it seems like your schooling may be very very theoretical that's no, why it's, it's problematic mathematical it's mathematical okay it's mathematical i don't know mathematical theory or it's but it's not is it, it is it specific to like how you're going to help the company right so you just think switch your switch your mindset of like um you know i have these skills and instead switch it to like, and look, I have all this impressive academic credentials to how can I specifically help the company and what specific role can these skills map to best, right? Okay. Uh, so like, just think of it a little bit differently. So when you're applying to a business analyst role, think of what the day-to-day -day actually is and why your analytical mind is going to be so much better than the other candidates. And that's how, have you been landing interviews? Interviews. Have you been getting interviews? No, no, not yet. Have you been applying? Yeah. How many? Uh, I, I've been applying to companies directly. How many? More than uh, 10. 10. Okay. Yeah. You need to apply to like 300. 300. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, 10. So how many interviews did you get out of that 10? Zero or one? Uh, I've been for two interviews. Okay. That's good. So your people like your background if you've got two interviews. Uh, I just have some good scores during my bachelor's. So I just uh, went for two interviews, but uh, like they compared with with myself and with the other employees, and they said they have experience and are the most toughs. And fortunately, this is not the moment for you. Okay, 
So um, was that like a first round interview or a second or third round interview? First, first round. Okay. So um, what I would say to you is you need to have your story like down in terms of like, at this point, you're getting closer to, to graduating. At this point, it should be like, you're willing to take entry level. You're willing to work for very little, anything to kind of just um, get your foot in the door and get that experience in your resume. Because what you don't want is to graduate and have a huge gap. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, at this stage, I would increase the number of places you're applying to. I 10 exit. Um, sure. I would also very specifically work on why you feel you, the skills you developed at school are very specifically uh, beneficial for the role you're applying to. Yeah. Okay. And say it, say it like you mean it when you're in the interview <laughs> and be confident with it. You know, yeah. um, I think people can sense if you're, you know, not passionate or not, you know, don't feel genuine about it or don't believe in yourself. So just feel like you obviously are academically pretty gifted. So okay. you're going to get interviews. So now it's important that you come across as genuine and likable in the interview. Sure. That's not easy, right? Yeah. Because so. like in India, I have just a concept. Okay, I'm going to do the master's. Okay, I'm going to get in. But here, the current situation, everything is different. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Uh, uh, really, I'm 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 doing uh, what I expected is even my part-time work. It should be relevant to my stream. I should not do anything apart from that. But the competitors here is really high, really yes. really high. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so, like, I you should put more than my effort. I need to really do something different from others so that I can stand. Stand out. Exactly. Yeah. So and that can be, but more importantly, you land something that's somewhat related. You can always keep recruiting yeah. when you land the first job, but you don't want to be out with nothing. So better to have something, even if it's not the, the perfect match to your skill set, or even if you feel like you're being underutilized or you're not being better to have something to build that CV. Cause yeah, that's the most important thing right now is making sure your CV doesn't look. I've been for, in this internship for the last week and it's really been very helpful because uh, some concepts i don't know but when i get inside you know it's just on the flow i can i like try to learn like new stuff so okay i'm covering some concepts yeah yeah it's great no i think um if you leverage it too i think it'll help open a lot of doors people get curious when they see wall street noises they yeah. want to ask about it and you land more interviews because of it um so that's good but i i would i would start applying a lot more jobs anything relevant at all to what you're studying um business analyst roles. But then, you know, when you land the interviews, make sure you're prepping beforehand for many hours. Um, record yourself in the mirror, talking, delivering okay. why, why this company, why this industry, why this role. Okay. Those specific questions, because first round interviews, is, it's usually that. Sure. So uh, another one question. Do you sure. think just the LinkedIn is the only platform or apart from LinkedIn, indeed, is there any ways to get inside companies or to apply for that or directly going inside a particular website? Directly to the companies is better usually, but LinkedIn is good. Um, but ideally you're talking to somebody at the, when you apply somewhere, when you submit your CV, you don't just leave it there. You actually message people um, yeah. in there and try to get on a phone call with them Infor okay. informally with a coffee chat to talk about the role and blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, just want to let you know, I applied. I saw your, um, I saw your background. It looks really interesting. I saw you did, you also studied similar, blah, blah, blah. So you should look at people who have a similar degree to you the same degree and are in the roles you want to be in. Uh, what? You should be looking for people that have the same degree or similar degree to you. Uh, the same, yeah, even similar degree and just kind of try to make that connection. Um, 
to to see if you can get on the phone with them and ask them how they how they had so much success. Yeah, sure. Okay, thank you so much. Good luck. Hey, keep keep us updated. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Emmett, I think I might have to go in a few minutes, guys. I have another call coming up in five minutes, but let's let's keep it going. So almost we're coming up on an hour, so. Um, but Emmett, let's uh, let's hear yours uh, your question if you're still there or have have a question. Still here. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Hey, how are you? Um, Where are you located? I'm. I'm normally located in Ireland. I'm based in Dublin, but um, I'm on holidays at the moment in France. Um, our college is still actually running a hybrid learning at the moment. So I've kind of finished all my college roles. I can still kind of learn online. So just taking a few weeks out just to go abroad and enjoy some sunshine. Beautiful. Love it. Um, so my question is, so I'm in the kind of fortunate position where I, I had a really good interview today, a good Kind of first and final round interview for a corporate finance MA um group in Ireland. Um they'd be one of the biggest, you know, they're they've kind of um you know done deals around the hundred million mark. Um I think they did one eleven billion a few years ago, but they they definitely be one of the biggest. Um this is an investment bank like sell side sell side? Uh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um and I also have a final round interview um with a private equity firm, much, much smaller, maybe a hundred million assets under management. Um, but the thing is, so I think I'd prefer to, um, you know, assuming I was to get offers for both of them, I think I prefer to take the first one. Um, you know, my, my kind of, my ideal role would be investment banking. So I, I, I don't know, you might agree with that. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I don't know the track record of the private equity fund or it's a new fund. Is it a new fund? uh they're maybe five or so years old um okay. i think private equity is a very very kind of small industry in ireland at the moment anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um it's kind of growing a little bit with, due to brexit but um yeah it's still very 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 young but um you can't go wrong I, with the banking role um you can't go wrong with either to be honest because you're going to get good experience um i would love it if you could do an internship in both before you graduate Mm, yeah, so I've been, I've been trying to ask around a few places. So let's say if they if they if they were about to give me an offer, um, I would try and say, look, I'm really sorry, Joe, to whoever I don't go with. I'm really sorry, but you know, if you do need someone over the summer, um, I'm I'm willing to help for three or so months. Even Joe, if if I, if you only if you can only offer a stipend in terms of pay or something like that, you know, again, it's about experience. I would do. Um, it. Yeah. I would do it. Um, if you could do like three months there. So you're saying, but don't you graduate? I'm looking at your LinkedIn. Don't you graduate like 24? Yeah. So we have a placement year um, for a third year. So it's it's a, it's a four-year course with that placement oh, year. Got it. Um, so it's like a co-op here in the US. Like you do a full year uh, working and you go back? Uh, yeah. Yeah. At yeah. same time. Okay. Got it. Okay. It was yeah. a tough decision. Yeah. <laughs> um well that's assuming i get them both i could get rejected yeah and, you know, be, <laughs> be uh twiddling my thumbs for a year but yeah. um i i guess you know i i think i prefer to take the first one if i was offered it in the case but i feel like the private equity one they you know their application process is a little bit ahead of the schedule of the, the investment bank if the situation arose where i got the offer from the private equity firm and you know, they gave me two days um, to take the offer or else they pass it up. Should I reach out to the investment bank and say, yes. 
Hey, look. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and that usually gets you the offer at the other place, just so you know. If you're borderline okay. and you say, hey, I have another offer exploding, um, at this other that, you'll quickly get an, usually you'll quickly get an answer if they like you. Okay, it's kind of, the offer's coming and then you're fine. Um, so yes, absolutely say that. If, the, if you can say, hey, I'd prefer to come with you guys, but you know, I can't, I can't you know, turn this down. I have two days. Um, so yeah, hopefully, and then try to say to the private equity fund, you know, thank you so much. And, you know, if they say like, you need to tell us in 24 hours, that's not ideal. Hopefully they're giving you at least 48 to 72 hours. Um, but yeah, I would absolutely go to HR, the other one. And you, you do it respectfully, right? Um, but as long as you're doing it respectfully, I think it's, it's fine. Yeah, okay, perfect, thanks for that. Also, one quick note. So I've listened to a bit of chat about the CFA. The private equity funds, they actually said they'd sponsor or subsidize um, some sort of formal training. And the one they recommended was the CFA. Um, and when I, and when, I, when they kind of mentioned that in the interview, and I kind of said, well, I was thinking kind of more the CFI or some sort of financial modeling course, they all looked a bit shocked and like, oh, really? Um, that's odd. So, yeah, that's, I would tell yeah. them they should be sponsoring our private equity uh, deals process course. That's uh, very specific <laughs> around PE. But yeah, I think... Um, Unfortunately, I got to go because I have a call right now, but let's, I mean, yeah, I think that's surprising to hear the CFA because it's not a public market job. Maybe they just want you to like understand the basic concepts of like options and trading and economics and stuff like that and businesses. So like maybe it's just they respect it. So they're suggesting that because it's obviously a well-known credential. So, but usually that's, that's pretty rare for banks or private equity funds to say like CFA. Anyways, I won't hold you anymore. Uh, thanks so much for your info. Have yeah, and thanks to everybody for joining this week. Um, we'll be same time, same place next week. Um, and we'll, this will be going up. Um, we'll get out for all the people who can join. Or if you want a recording of it, we'll send it around um, to everybody. So thanks everybody again for joining. And sorry I didn't get to everybody's question, but uh, hopefully I will next week. Thank you. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.